Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Thanks so much for joining the pod. I'm Tony Conley. Got a great guest on today, someone I've known for a long, long time. And it's been interesting. When I first moved into the Lansing area to go to Lansing Community College and Michigan State University, I had met Pat Gillespie, and it's been so cool to watch his business grow, his family grow, and we're going to learn a little bit more about him and what he does from the Gillespie Group owner, Pat Gillespie. Pat, how are you? Great, Tony. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Let's kind of dive right into it. I initially want to ask you, what's your take on We in the Media and how we cover not only residential, but commercial and industrial real estate, as well as development. How do you think we do as a medium? As a medium, like just in the state of Michigan, for the most part, are we talking? Or From what you see, not only in our state, but in the country. I think most of the time, the media does a pretty good job of covering development and new projects. As a developer, we'd always like the angle to be a little more positive on new growth and change in neighborhoods or change in communities. But for the most part, I would say... If you had to rate it, I'd say it's like a seven as far as how it's covered and the details that are covered, you know, when they report on a story. What could we do to be better? As a developer, you know, I get a lot of emails or calls. Sometimes the information is partial. And I think, you know, when it's partial, it leaves some people wondering, when will it start? Is it a for sure project? What type of tenants will be in there? And sometimes it doesn't always hit the ripple effect. Say we announce a 200 unit apartment project. People will say, boy, do we even need more housing? There's too many housing departments, too many housing units going up. Why would you build that? It'd be nice to say, hey, there's a new EV plant that's going up two point miles away and they have 3,000 new employees and they're begging for housing. So this is not just a developer throwing up a random housing project. It has a purpose and the purpose is to you know, help all the people move into town to work at that EV plant, have a place to live. So just, I think, tying all the pieces together rather than reporting on just the development, letting people know how it helps the other stuff around it. I think that would be a huge improvement. What do you think is the motivation behind that? Because it's something that I've kind of seen too, especially when it comes to development. It seems like in the media, I hear and see so much negative. It's going to be a windfall for the developer. I don't hear about the jobs, the people that are going to live there, how it's going to impact the community. Why do you think we leave some of that information out? That's a great question. I don't know why it'd be left out. You know, it's rolling up your sleeves. It's probably having some knowledge of the industry. And maybe the developer has a little responsibility in that to say, hey, let me tell you some examples of how this is helping the community and why we're doing this and what are the ripple effects will be. Will it help Michigan State? Will it help us attract a different workforce? Will it help us retain Michigan State students and Central Michigan students from leaving Michigan if we do this type of housing or this type of development? I think you know part of it's on the developer to probably paint their story and to help fill in the gaps. But part is maybe you know, having the different medium understand it and say, let's look at how it has a ripple effect. Pat, my wife is a wholesale mortgage broker for a company out of Strongsville, Ohio. So I kind of have a little bit of an understanding of mortgage rates and interest rates and how that affects not only residential, but commercial and industrial, as well as developmental projects. Talk a little bit about that. What you think about those rates, how they got there and how they're affecting your business and the real estate business in general. Great question. So interest rates are a huge part of you know our cost of funds. 
of projects going or not going. Our pipeline right now is as big as it's been in 25 years. Massive amount of opportunities out there. Unfortunately, there are some that are just going to fall off right away due to the interest rates. You could go borrow money at 2.5, 2.75. Now we're you know pushing seven. A lot of deals, most deals don't make sense at that. So I think you're going to see a not think, I'm already talking to other developers. There's deals that are going to stop making sense and they're going to start pulling them off the table and things are going to slow down in the development world and construction world, which maybe it should a little bit so we can find labor and find help, but it's going to have an impact on the economy. How long do you think that'll last, Pat? I don't know. It depends on how long they keep interest rates up. You know, they just did a 50 point raise yesterday. If it does another raise here in January and they hold them through 23, you know, it could have an impact through 25. Because it takes, you know, sometimes 18 months to two years by the time you start looking at a project to get it approved and site planned and financed. So it could be 25, 26 before we start coming out of, you know, the real estate slowdown. You're listening to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Pat Gillespie from the Gillespie Group. When we come back, we're going to talk to Pat about development, real estate, and the economy and how the economy, especially so-called recession, how that affects that business. We'll do that next here on Media Business. For something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Pat Gillespie from the Gillespie Group. Pat, I want to ask you a little bit about politics. I don't want to necessarily get your take on one side or the other, one topic or another, but how does our political climate affect the real estate business, the development business, especially since there's so much divisiveness on both sides of the aisle, if you will? So I think, you know, all projects are local, you know, whether it's Kalamazoo or Grand Rapids or Lansing or Midland, Jackson, Detroit. So politics, you know, is local too. So a lot of times the local politics, the way they look at growth, the way they look at interest rates, the way they look at zoning, it's more of a local politics rather than a national political slant either way. So when we're looking at communities, it's, you know, oftentimes one of the things we look at is you know, what's the makeup of council? What's the makeup of the mayor? Have we met with the planning director? Have we met with the zoning director? You know, are they forward leaning and looking for growth and looking for, and what kind of growth are they looking for? And can we meet that? So, you know, if you go to a community and you could call it politics, or you could call it their stance on development is not healthy. Boy, it's tough to go waste your time there and, you know, push a ball uphill if they don't want growth. So we're always out looking for you know, which way the wind's blowing in the community to make sure that they want what we want to deliver. It just makes everything so much easier. Pat, how important are relationships, building those relationships and building trust? Now, how long does that take? I'd like to say it takes a year, but some of the relationships we're working on, you know, we've been in business 25 years. And just even in today's world, getting phone calls back, 
getting people to bid jobs, calling a landowner and saying, hey, I'd like to tie up your piece of dirt so I can look at a development because it takes two years. You know, they have to look at you and go, oh, I know Pat does what he says he's going to do. I know Pat has a track record. I know he can move forward. Sure, tie my dirt up and let's move forward. So that's not something you can do overnight. And it takes, you know, repetitive doing what you say you're going to do over and over and people paying attention to that. So relationships are paramount. Relationships are probably one of the most important things. And it takes a while because relationships in today's world isn't just what you say. They're looking at what you've done in the past and what you do on a daily basis. So very important. Pat, how does the economy and the sluggish economy affect your business? The sluggish economy, just the confidence level. When we're talking to new businesses that want to open a new office, a new retailer, you know, about 18 months ago, they were more bullish. Yes, I want to be there. Yes, let's go look tomorrow. I want to go look at that space in Grand Rapids or that space in Kalamazoo. Right now, it's a little less bullish. The retailers are going, I don't know what next year is going to look like. I'm going to just wait. I'm going to drag my feet. I'm going to take longer to decide. Time is money. And if it takes eight months or 10 months just to get someone to go through a vacant space, you can feel people are nervous and people are treading water a little bit, just waiting to see what's going to happen the mentality of a slower economy has a big impact. What's the Michigan real estate and development climate now in our whole state? What's it look like to you? So I think our climate on a one to 10 is probably like a six. We have not seen a boom, which means we probably won't see a bust because we never, you know, rose real far. Some of the other economies have seen some unbelievable growth. Other states around us have seen some unbelievable growth. You know, we've all been envious of those over the last 10 years because they have cranes in the air everywhere. We haven't had all those cranes. So one of the advantages is we probably won't see a bust. Hopefully we keep meandering forward. I don't see us being explosive growth anywhere in the state. There's a couple areas, downtown Grand Rapids and some areas of Grand Rapids seem to be a trendsetter, the outlier that are really strong growth, but the rest of the state seems to be meandering forward. Why has Grand Rapids been so hot? I've been over there many, many times because of work and because of play. And there's constantly cranes in the sky. There's constantly growth. It reminds me of a smaller Chicago, Patrick, from the aspect of, you know how in Chicago, you can go an hour and a half outside to Schaumburg and people go, I'm I'm from Chicago. I live in Chicago. And I think Grand Rapids has gotten like that when you look at Rockford and even Holland. What is it about Grand Rapids? Well, the minute you meet with their economic development team, the right place, They've got it going on. You know, they bring you in as a developer and they tell you, here's what we'll do to help you get it zoned. Here's where we'll help you with incentives. Here's how many new businesses are moving in. They're showing you all the positives. They're not throwing up hurdles. They're not throwing up, here's the problems you're going to have. They're saying, how can we help you move the problems out of the way and bring your investment to Grand Rapids, whether it be real estate, bringing jobs, bringing businesses. So they're very pro-growth. So that makes people want to go there, whether it's a business or a real estate developer. And then once you're there, they do hold your hand and they do you know, work with you. The people we're working with as far as new businesses or opportunities there, first class, really stand above a lot of the other communities we're dealing with. And you know, the path of least resistance. If you like doing business with people and you can feel the positive momentum, who doesn't want to go do more there? So we're pretty bullish on Grand Rapids and a ton of young professionals looking for energy and restaurants and jobs. So put all that together. It's a unique environment. Why don't more communities get that, especially with so many areas in our state 
that need young people to come there to live and work, that need a tax base to improve their schools, that need more bars and restaurants to get people to live there? Why don't they get that? Why do they keep fighting that? That's a great question. If I could figure that out, business would be a lot easier and a lot more fun. I think they know it. I do think most people know it because when you go to Grand Rapids, you can feel the energy. You can feel the edge of what's going on. It does take an organization and it takes a group of people, not one person. It takes you know, everything from the mayor to local business leaders. You know, they have really great business leaders there that have rallied the troops and put this organization together, this right place. And it doesn't happen by accident. It takes a commitment and a dedication. I would say a little more work to do things the right way. It's just showing up doesn't get it there. They understand it takes going the extra effort and it's paying huge dividends there. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Patrick Gillespie from the Gillespie Group about the development naysayers, why so many people fight this. I want to dive into this a little bit more. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Pat Gillespie. Pat, I want to talk a little bit about development naysayers. We were just talking a little bit about why more communities don't get smarter and really encourage development in their areas, especially when those cities, those areas need it so desperately. I wonder, do they fight it because they don't want to see that growth or is it ignorance? What is it? Great question. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think sometimes when the different people say, hey, he's doing a $10 million development, they think you're just coming with $10 million cash and throwing it into a building. And then, you know, every rent you get, whether it's an apartment rent or a restaurant or a Starbucks, all that rent goes right in your pocket. And they don't realize there's a massive amount of risk that goes into you know, buying the property, environmentally cleaning it up, trying to obtain financing, paying insurance paying debt service, and all of the risk of the space that could go vacant. So there's a massive amount of risk. And I just don't know if that's understood sometimes of how much risk it is in order to pull off a project. So I think sometimes development involves big numbers and they relate big numbers to windfalls. And oftentimes people would be really surprised at the lack of a windfall. I guess you'd say when at the end of a job, you say there's a profit but the profit's nowhere near where people expect when they read the big numbers. So sometimes it takes upwards of five years to even start to realize a return on your investment. It's a long-term trend. It's a pretty complicated business and I'm not sure people understand all of it. They just say, hey, they introduced a strip center and they built it and look, it's going well. They didn't see all the problems in between or the problems that could occur. Pat, how do you ignore the noise and just keep on grinding? Commitment. I mean, I guess we have a commitment to Lansing. We have a commitment to certain areas of Lansing, the Michigan Avenue Corridor, the Stadium District. And we've gotten some heat for, you know, don't change, don't make progress. We like it the way it is. And sometimes there's a lot of validity to what people are saying. We listen, but deep down, we know that, you know, redoing old buildings, redoing a 110-year-old train station, redoing a grocery store and a hotel, 
bringing people down there and making it safer and investing in the community and bringing jobs. It's the right thing. There's no doubt it's making the community safer. It's making the community more prosperous because it's paying more taxes, more fire service, more police service. So just knowing that what we're doing has a bigger cause. And I think that gets us through some of the moments where people are, you know, pretty angry about some stuff that we develop. How many jobs can an average development create? And I know that you hire union and sometimes you hire non-union. How many jobs does a typical development create? So that's by type of development. Say, for example, the EV plant, battery plant out in Delta Township. I think that's going to be like 3,500 jobs. Apartment complex, you know, you have all the construction jobs during the apartment complex. So maybe there's 120 new jobs. You know, they go away after two years. And then you probably have three to five permanent jobs between facilities and lease up, you know, ongoing. You know, what usually people don't realize is, hey, the 300 apartments you just built are helping support those EV jobs or helping support Michigan State University or Sparrow Hospital's growth or McLaren's growth where the nurses are coming in. So it's almost, you know, a ripple effect. EV plant helps the apartments, the new retail development, you know, the new Subway, the new Starbucks, the new Lone Star Steakhouse. Those have jobs that all support the apartments. It's a vicious circle and all of the jobs, if you add them all together, it gets a pretty intense, but by themselves, residential is lower jobs and industrial manufacturing you know, is the highest, obviously. Pat, I know that you have projects all over the state of Michigan, but I just want to bring you here to Lansing. What do you think when you're in your car and say you're driving from Lansing all the way to the state capitol and you see all these Gillespie Group projects? What goes through your mind? So I drive that every day. The Marshall Street Armory is where our office is. So I drive downtown probably at least three times a day. So that's a you know, six time a day trip. Usually I drive by and I have something on my mind and really don't pay attention. But it's when you have someone call or a grand opening, like we did at the old Clara's train station on Michigan Avenue a couple of weeks ago, when people go, I remember what this was 10 years ago. I used to go to Clara's and you know I got engaged there or my dad did this. Then you sit back and go, Okay. It's a lot different. It feels great. And there's a sense of pride. And we got an unbelievable team of people here. We got about 90 people at Gillespie Group that all like to remind ourselves a little bit, hey, we've done some cool stuff. It feels good. We're making a difference in the town. So it's easy to forget, but I'd say about once a month, we poke each other and go, that's pretty cool. Pat, outside of Grand Rapids and perhaps of the mid-Michigan area, what area in the state do you think is the next city or the next area that is thinking, you know, this is going to be hot. It may not even be known yet, but you get a feeling or a vibe about another area of the state that may start to jumping on the developmental bandwagon. So like you said, the west part of the state, there's some hot pockets there. The Hollands, the Rockfords, the downtown Grand Rapids, that whole course still going to be hot, I think, for the next 10 years. I'm a homeboy Lansing guy. I do think we got some growth here on this corridor. There's some things coming. Leap's doing some amazing things here. There's a couple of things that if they go, we could be a different town altogether in 10 years for the better. Some jobs, some development, some other stuff. So, and then, you know, on the way to Detroit, there's a couple of hot pockets too, but I don't have any shining star that's like, you know, going to just rocket ship up. I think Midland's got some room for growth. They got a great mentality there. They got a great forward leadership team that's sitting here going, hey, how do we grow? They call about once a month and say, get up here, help us grow. Just when you hear from communities like that, you know that they're going to be on the rise because they're hustling. 
All right. Well, you've been talking with Pat Gillespie, who's the owner of the Gillespie Group in the mid-Michigan area, but they have projects all over the state of Michigan. I know you're a busy guy. I know you're traveling a lot, Patrick. I appreciate your time so much, sir. Thank you. You too. Nice talking to you, Tony. See you soon. I'm Tony Conley. You've been listening to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.